Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Can I say something that I think is bullshit? You're a fool, would you? Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Now you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in a fucking dirt and smoking hash through the ground. Oh, I don't know, there's all kinds of shit. And shower filled with women. Sit your ass down, Lara. Shoot a pair of women's legs walking down the street. Eight women washing you down at once, you know? Come up here, Lars points to me. <laughs> And his skin is bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger. Boyfriends and dads looking for me. Ten minutes? Singing along, fucking along, doing this something the fuck along. Here we go! This is Mrs. Smith, a.k.a. the Queen of Wah, a.k.a. the crazy lady who swept the floor with Kirk Hammett. And you're listening to the and Podcast for All. Welcome back to the podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. Jeff, I have a song stuck in my head all day today on the airplane and still in my head as we're recording now. Yeah, and what song is that? Rape me, my friend. Listening to a little Nirvana after talking about them last week. I'm not the <laughs> only one. <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. That's It's hard to sing like Kurt. I thought it'd be easier, but I've been jamming since we talked about our Garage Remains the Same section last week with our David Bowie Nirvana cover. I've I've kind of gotten on a Nirvana kick, and that's very unlike me. You have to have like a stuffy nose and a cold to sing like Kurt because he kind of has that nasally, uh, I almost sound kind of somewhat congested while I'm singing. I mean, Rape I, me I again. <laughs> But it's just very, ah. <laughs> It is. And it's hard not to turn into Hetfield at the end of those kind of, again. Nah. I was on such a Nirvana kick, I just finished Dave Grohl's Storyteller's autobiography. Oh, yeah? And how was that? I highly recommend it. Nirvana fan or not, I'm not the biggest Nirvana fan, but kind of got on this kick and got back into Unplugged in New York kind of stuff. Yeah. Long week at uh, 30, 40,000 feet, so needed a book to read and came across that. Whether you're a Nirvana fan or not, or Dave Grohl, if you like rock star stories and touring lifestyle, it's an amazing book. I'm sure he's seen some things, had some drinks, saw some things. He got a DUI on a scooter. (laughs) Oh, there you go. World's coolest rock star. In Australia, and then he's been banned from returning to Australia because of the scooter DUI. Well, I mean, they've got big snakes and bugs, and they're, you know, the land down under. And I, I mean, I wouldn't mind going there someday, maybe for like a day, but it takes like a couple days to get there. So, snakes, snakes. I don't know any snakes. Yeah, I don't know any snakes. I don't like any snakes. <laughs> 18 hours nonstop LA to Sydney. Could you do it? Could do it. I've, I've spent, some time in the air and on the ground definitely i could do it i just i don't know for 
the shit they have over there, I swear that's like not the people, but like the land itself is like alien land. Like everything there is just bigger and crazier and scarier and more intense. And like, you got to be a bad mofo if you're from Australia. That's for sure. You know how much of a picky eater I am since we talked about the grill them all sandwich last week. Yeah. Do they have weird food? I feel like their food would be like, like American food, honestly. <laughs> Maybe I could just find an Outback Steakhouse and just feel right at home. I don't know. Like, I just, Australia doesn't, I mean, maybe in like the actual outback, but like, I know, you know, Sydney's a pretty big area. I, I don't feel like the food would be that weird. It's not like if you were going to go to like Korea or China or Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. I've been to <laughs> Sydney and it felt like you're right in America. That's what I'm saying. Like, from all the pictures I've seen, it looks very. And I, I don't want to, you know, offend the people of Sydney by comparing them to America. They might not no, like no, no, that, no. but yeah, it just, it seems like very quote unquote Americanized. Uh, you're in Minneapolis. I'm in Minneapolis, a balmy temperature of seven degrees. And our guest tonight from Milwaukee, Wisconsin is probably living in the same polar vortex. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite polar. I mean, for you maybe, but it's not quite polar vortex yet. Tomorrow it's going to be a cold son of a bitch. What's you tomorrow? Wake up I'm up here all day. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure tomorrow is like, I think the high is zero. Ooh, that's not good, Clark. Uh, Yeah, uh, three with a low of negative 13 tomorrow. Kind of like the Vikings-Packers game the other night since we're talking to a (laughs) Wisconsin fan tonight. Oh, man. Vikes are done, bro. They've been done. We knew that, didn't we? You see that shit with, was it Antonio Brown? Oh, he's out. He ripping out. his jersey off, <laughs> ripping his jersey off like what was it halfway through the game and he just took off. And then did you see the meme? Remember about a year ago when some homeless guy broke through a security fence and was trying to climb on the wing of an Allegiant MD80? Yeah, yeah. There's a meme that says Antonio Brown trying to catch the flight to Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> he was out of there. He was like, peace out. That was and something else. He needs some help. But last night, uh, that game was Sunday. Or was that Monday? No, it was Sunday. Sunday, yeah, I think. Yeah, Bucks Jets. And then yep. he was spotted last night at the Brooklyn Nets game sitting courtside. Yeah, I saw that. Like, nothing ever happened, just chilling. So is he still on the team, or is he on a hiatus, or have they canned his ass, or what? I could have swore I read something today that they said there's no plans on cutting him as So awkward. So awkward. Like, what the hell? Like... I almost feel bad for the guy. Like, what are you thinking, dude? He uh, had some drinks and saw some things. <laughs> he and said, saw Peace some out. things. Had a couple of drinks, saw a couple of things. <laughs> he had probably about three or four of them $28 stadium 12 ounces. And <laughs> <laughs> what was, what, he, what he was, was the out. beer on Grand Theft Auto? A oh, pib washer? <laughs> pib washer, yeah. A couple pib washers with Brucey. <laughs> Anyway, uh, rate me, my friend. The Vikings got raped by the Packers the other night in a Sub-Zero Lambeau. Later tonight, uh, we're returning to Jump in the Fire, round two, the trivia questions that I heard in San Francisco. Another 15 questions from Stefan Shirazi. Jeff, the fixer pins and stand-up pictures sold out in six hours. Thank you to everyone that bought a fixer, jab another pin in your picture project. You know what? They all deserve a golf clap. Once again, I don't have my mic holder, so here comes the mic on the table clap. Yep, there it is. 
Jeff, you didn't even get a pin. That's how fast they sold out. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. Sucks to be you. Sucks to suck. The Garage remains the same tonight. Brought to you by Jeff Winslow. Do we have a theme tonight as we get to that a little bit later? Yeah, it'll be Metallica covers, but that other bands have done. So I'll just say all 53 tracks on the blacklist, and there's my artist covers of other Metallica songs. You just pick five. That's all you need. Five? I I mean, I know this is is your show, and you can make the rules and do whatever you want, but... It's not my show. Well, your show, my show, our show. Just because I send you the link every day and say sign on at this exact time does not mean it's my show. Hey, you're the boss, boss. I'm just the Rate co-host. me my co-host. Co-host. I wonder what that song's about. Hmm. It's probably about making pancakes. Pancakes go. Yeah. <laughs> if that song came out today with cancel culture, Nirvana would probably, in, probably be incarcerated. Unless... They were rap music, and then they could get away with it. That's true. That's true. If it was Cardi B that came out with that song nowadays, it would be totally acceptable. You know, they probably play it at the elementary school dance. If that was uh, Body Count with Ice-T, like we talked to Eric Escudero last week, it'd be a fitting opening act for Metallica 30 years ago. I would love to see Body Count do... You know, just to just to bring it back around, since since they're still relevant, they still play shows. I'd love to see them do a show or a small run of Metallica's upcoming tour. It'd be cool to see Body Count and Metallica back on the same stage. Not Cop Killer, but uh, Kurt Cobain Killer. I'd like to hear that song. <laughs> do you have any free speech for the dumb moments from the week on the internet of quotes of famous people you've come across? I haven't really seen anything dumb or that makes two of us. But was, I wanna was... go ahead. I was just going to say, it was kind of a boring week. It was a boring week. Like It was slow. New Year's was kind of a buzzkill. There was absolutely zero Metallica news. I think they're just in hibernation for a couple of weeks before they go to Vegas. Which, by the way, we should probably say Happy New Year's to all our listeners. It is 2022. Happy New Year's and Podcast for All alumni and Podcast for All future guests and Podcast for All future special guests. Speaking of 2022... The president of the United States, I heard today, said, don't worry, people, we're going to get this coronavirus under control in 2020. It's it's funny that you say that because I was listening to a podcast earlier and the guy on the podcast kept saying, all right, he's talking about this fighter's future fights in 2021 as it's already 2022. And it's like, this this is a professional podcast. You'd think that they would edit that out in post-production, but nope, they, they leave it. Well, I know how hard it is to edit a podcast, so I'd probably just skip over and go, you know, I've made 317 cuts and edits and paste <laughs> and splices, so let's just keep that one. Like, I'm, Yeah, just just leave it. But I think it's a little bit worse when Mr. POTUS is saying 2020. A little behind in the times. A little mixed up in his years. And this was on Christmas Day. Did you see when someone called in and talked to the president of the United States and the first lady and said, thanks for uh, answering my call today. They were talking about other something else. And at the end he said, let's go Brandon. And the president said, Oh yeah, let's go Brandon. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Probably not not the best move on his part. Unfortunately, I don't think his staff and cabinet and handlers have told him what that means. I'm guessing. Cause he 
was like, oh, yeah, I love Let's Go, Brandon. That's a great team. I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry Christmas and Let's Go, Brandon. Let's Go, Brandon. I <laughs> yeah. agree. Hey, by the way, where, are you in Oregon? Where's your home? I think we lost him. Hey, you know, I, my brother-in-law's name is Brandon, so I'm all about Let's Go, Brandon. <laughs> Dude, I'm ready to get to our guest. we got lots to talk about tonight. A 10-year Army veteran, four years active service, and one tour in Iraq. That deserves more than a golf clap from all of us. Yeah, definitely. But I'm still going to give him a golf clap anyways because mad, mad respect. We support and respect so much. Thank you for your service. Let's get to him. A well, we got to call him a cheesehead and fellow Wisconsin. He's gonna, dude. He's gonna rip on your Vikings like you can't believe, Jeff. You're gonna feel like you've been raped after he gives it to you. I'll tell you what. You're in Minneapolis right now, so they're back to being <laughs> your Vikings again, too. Oh God, we're just. This is not gonna be pretty. No, it's not. All right, welcome to season seven, episode one, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mister Mike Zedding, what's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, you know why the Vikings' colors are purple, right? Oh, God, Here it's we go. already begun. Five yep. seconds in, we unmuted them, and we're just going to get thrashed. What do you got, Mike? Uh, always used to choking. Oh, Turn purple. See, right out the gate, he comes at us with the flying knee to the head, and bam. It's rough. Mike, are you an owner of one of those ridiculously... Uh, I have to say this. The ridiculously overpriced foam Fucking cheese foam heads. cheese bullshit. No, 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 no. I, I don't wear the... No, nah, the, the only memorabilia I'll wear of that is probably the Metallica stuff. Okay. When it comes to sports, I, I don't get like too far into it. But. You know what? Next Christmas now, I know what we're sending Mike. We're going to get him one of those ridiculous foam cheese hats signed <laughs> and podcast for all. Maybe we'll have it time. engraved in there with like... One of those like melting iron things will be all melted <laughs> and it'll be metal. He doesn't have a ridiculous foam cheese and he doesn't own Packer <laughs> stock. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. So he's still a pretty <laughs> decent guy, I'd say. And, and you know what? He's our neighbor. I mean, at least he's your neighbor right now, too. You know? Right now, but uh, yeah, right now, yeah, Milwaukee. Mike, Jeff and I have played. Milwaukee at a club called the rave and it was probably a top 10 memorable show for us that show was insane with weed eater weed eater (laughs) yeah and then then we partied with him afterwards and that was just as insane (laughs) yeah Mike there's an empty haunted pool in the basement of the rave in Milwaukee that's that's the rumor. Every band that plays there, I'm pretty sure they get the tour. We got we got actually. I think there's pictures up on their website. Yeah, I was gonna say we got pictures when we were down there, and it was it eerie was awesome. to say the least. But it was so cool. The last time that pool had water in it, Jeff wasn't alive. <laughs> yeah, literally. Was it like 1989 or something? Yeah, and it's just weird to think that while <laughs> and upstairs it's still there. is what it is. There was just this massive pool underneath. Uh, did you guys see all the bands that signed off on the wall? Like Corn was here and all that stuff. Oh yeah, it was they, everywhere in the, in the pool area. Yeah, the person that uh, brought us down there said that every time that Corn has played there, 
that Jonathan specifically goes down there and he likes to just like go down there by himself and he'll write and do shit. I could see him definitely being that type. He seems a very kind of alone type of guy. Jeff, remember we were either, we either it was either seek or creep at Circle Pit started and people were like climbing on your pedal board and your floor monitors and yeah, it was during. I'm pretty sure awesome it was during thrashing show. I'm pretty sure it was during creeping death. Like out of nowhere, like the crowd was really getting into it, but then like an like full on classic '80s thrash circle pit, and the whole entire floor turned into awesome. a circle pit, and people just started losing their minds. And we weren't even headlining that night; we were opening, and was it was awesome. just yeah, good experience. Jeff, I'd say that show was probably in our top five, top ten memorable shows with the energy of that crowd at the rave oh 100 it was full on circle pits side to side it was it was something to be seen for sure that stage you played yep. in the rave that, that on that main level that that was the same stage metallica played back in the day on uh ride the lightning tour um where they debuted fade to black in milwaukee damn what that is <laughs> Yeah. Fade was debuted wow. on that stage at the Raven Milwaukee. Yeah, and I, I can't remember the exact year. It was like 84, 85. It's on Metallica's website. That's Jeff, crazy. Wow. Of course, when I went to the Milwaukee show in 17, Lars, you know, it was his nugget of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course he knows that. Yeah, his end of banter. Yeah. Like, oh, we rolled into town in 84. How did we not know that yeah. when we played there? We would have definitely wow. said something about it for sure. That's crazy. I thought I had goosebumps when we played First Ab, Jeff, knowing that we're on a stage from the early days with Cliff, but knowing that Fade was debuted on that same, that that's fucking cool. Like the song. All right, here we go. Just wrote it. Enjoy. That's amazing. That's some that's some good information the there. Time. Wow. Milwaukee's got some metal in it. Milwaukee's also haunted in the pool, and every time I think of Milwaukee, I think of Jeffrey Dahmer, Mike. That's what I think of too. I, I'm really into serial killers. You know, I mean, I was like 10 years old when the Dahmer stuff was. Well, that's uh, good. Hey, that's old enough, man. That's about the age I started getting into serial killers. So, had I been around in that know, time, so- I would have been like, "Yo, what's going on with this dude? We got the same name." Like, yeah, Jeff. Away, what's up I, with I, this Jeff shit? Yeah, I know. I stay away from him. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't uh, go down the street to the Ambassador Hotel because that's where Jeffrey Dahmer used to stay at with his victims. It's down the street from the rave. Really? Well, we also didn't have much time afterwards. I'm pretty sure we left very quickly after that show. I think we had somewhere else <laughs> to be. Because I don't remember spending much time in Milwaukee. I'm pretty sure. I feel like we were out of there pretty quick. Either we were flying out or leaving or doing something. Good thing we didn't stay at the Ambassador, Mike. Like, Is that like a swanky hotel or just some one-star shithole? It's actually a, a pretty fancy hotel. <laughs> Yeah. So that's where most of the victims he like took and then dismembered them and then, you know, walked out with his roller bag with a head in it or what? Dude, Dahmer was a classy serial killer like Ted Bundy, bro. Like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a little shack like Ed Gein had. <laughs> we're, we're not going to Motel 6. We're going to the Hilton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No Starlight <laughs> Motel. No Braidwood Inn. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he killed him there. I think he uh That's where he that's where I think he That's used. where he would he was whining and dining them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting ready to chop him up and feed him to the poor himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally normal habit. 
I yeah, I guess if you're Jeffrey Dahmer. And then he was killed in prison, I believe. Was that true, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to say it was a Columbia or Green Bay. It was one of those facilities. I can't, rem- I can't remember off the top of my head. All right, enough serial killer talk. Uh, once again, Mike, thank you for your service. Ten years in the Army. You said four years active duty and one year in Iraq? Yeah, 2005. Right on. I remember that year. Thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you very much. No problem. There's a pi- Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. There's a picture of you with uh, your unit all wearing Metallica shirts, holding some uh, badass machine guns and a bass guitar. What's that all about? Uh, that was the day we got that Metallica package. That was uh, handled by Jan Dyer and Deborah Renfro, Remf- I think was the other name. Like a care package? And uh, Yeah. I, 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 at, that to- at that time, I had no idea how it got coordinated or who sent it really. But when I opened the box, <laughs> there was a bunch of t-shirts, stickers, uh, patches, nice. a couple copies of a uh, scam, uh, you know, nice. and, uh, I, you know, I wanted to get a picture with everybody that was there. You know, we all, you know, put on a shirt and did a you know pose. And I actually sent that in, um, to the Met club, to the, you know, if you remember the, so what magazines, they always had the, I think it was called the Eye of the Beholder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah, made one of the uh, the magazines. Very cool. And then uh, I swear that so what book was still my favorite Metallica book ever. Oh, I loved it. It's so good. Uh, I found I just found out this last year and a half who actually put that together. Oh, really? So Metallica, the Met Club actually sent you these items like DVDs and shirts and all this stuff. The, the members of the Met Club did. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. It was called, like, I remember in a thread on the message board, it was called, I remember seeing things called Metallidrop. I think that's what it was called. I do remember that now. Boy, that's like literally 15, 16 years ago. That's awesome. Should have been an airdrop coming in on a crate with a fucking parachute just dropping on down. Here comes Phil Toll's sweaters and post-it notes. Get your hands ready. Here comes fucking (laughs) Phil in a box. Yeah, like that, there's no Phil Tolson. Like that movie Spies Like Us when they drop them in the Ace Tomato, uh, you know, <laughs> big old crate and they drop them down and they're in there with a, with a seat and got some beers and some pretzels. That's Phil. Well, if he was over there in 2005, that was probably the first time you watched some kind of monster. If that's, that's what was delivered to you guys. Actually, I saw it just before I had a roll out to uh, Fort Bragg. For training. Just the nick of time. I think the movie came out in 04. Yeah. Summer yeah, d- yeah, you're right. So I got to see it in the theater before. Uh, awesome, Mike. What, what, uh, what was your specialty in the Army? I was a combat engineer. So basically I got to play with C4, drive heavy equipment. <laughs> Just playing uh, with C4, no up. big deal, Jeff. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. What would you do with the C4, Mike? Other than blow shit up. <laughs> yeah, right. We would use it to take out bridges, uh, take down like um, infrastructure, maybe build like a, you know, we're looking to build a fob site, like which is called a forward operation base. Basically a plot of land with with Constantine wires surrounding it, you know. Meant, not really meant to set up camp for lawn, you know, just, you know. I didn't use it a whole lot over there. Went on a ton of convoys. You know, we build fuel berms for for. Uh, we would um, try and build like like landing strips and stuff like that. Okay. 
So the airplanes and everything would need, uh, you know, obviously need fuel. So we'd build fuel berms. God, remember that year? We were just all over that country. We were in uh, Fallujah, Al-Assad, Awad. Damn. (laughs) Baghdad, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, talk about engineering. It seems like every day was a new thing for you. How many many times would you get orders to be like, hey, we need this bridge blowing up. Just go take it out. It wasn't so much as that. We would also convoy roads. Okay. You know, or not convoy. um, We would... um, run surveillance on it kind of scout it i suppose there's like areas where there's like random mines and shit too uh, we were working with the dod look for roadside bombs ieds clear those out all the roads in our in iraq like you just couldn't use especially you know any one uh, on a convoy, there was just certain ones we would use, and we would switch it up, you know. And then obviously, there's times throughout the year, no traveling on the road. I think Ramadan um, during that time was was one. Of yeah, the I could imagine for, in the Middle East, that's they're they're pretty strict about that. Would they increase their attacks? You know, you travel at night, probably more during the day. What's the coolest thing you ever blew up, Mike? A Taliban <laughs> <laughs> strapped it to him and said. Fire in the hole. Jeff, you should take your students and the Toyota Corolla over on those roads and just, just do a little driving. Yeah, a little bit. So one tour of Iraq? Yeah, just one. Um, I got out in 2011. So sometime in two, towards the end of 2006, I, I went reserve. I tried to pursue law enforcement for a career after oh, that. Oh, wow. I got in with the sheriff's office, and at that time, they were kind of on a hiring freeze. So I got in as a correctional officer working for the county jail. So I have to ask, what's worse? A county jail or Iraq? Probably the county jail. <laughs> how did how did I have a hunch that that was the answer, Jeff? What we see over here in America of what's happening in the Middle East is a far different picture than what was actually <laughs> happening. You know, you know, CNN likes to paint their portrait of what they want us to that's believe. That's true. They all do. But I've seen 60 days in, and that's no easy 60 days, bro. I wouldn't want to. I don't know if I would want to be a, a corrections officer. That would be Hell quite no. the fucking job. Holy shit. I think I might do a, a year in Fallujah before 60 days. Yeah, I would. <laughs> At least in Fallujah, I've got an M4. And you've got a fucking squad with you. Not that you don't have other people working with you, but, I mean, you've got your fucking... Mike had C4. He had buddies <laughs> on his side. He had a copy of some kind of monster. We're going to Fallujah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. <laughs> and it's warm. I heard those county jails are just like they freeze you out with the air conditioning. Yeah, and then I can only imagine what the winter time is like. Oh God, Jeff, you and I—if—if if you and I were in sixty days, and I think we could do it together. But you can't let either—you can't let the crowd know that you know each other. Yeah, you know, you, maybe we'd be fine. Sixty days without a podcast for all. I'd probably bring my recording gear in there so we could still do episodes. Hey, deputy, it's Wednesday. What's the Wi-Fi password? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, God, I feel like I've been here forever. How long has it been? It's been two hours. Isn't that when you have to give the signal that you want out? <laughs> yeah, that's when the safe word comes up and you start saying pineapple or some shit and they come in and get you out of there. Yeah, why is Shane saying bread fan 60 times in an hour? Today is uh, secret word, trapped under ice. Trapped in a cell. Well, Mike, uh, kicking ass in the army, kicking ass in the county jail. 
let's let's get down to Metallica here. How many times have you seen them? How long have you been a fan? Let's let's get to the bread and butter or the meat and potatoes, as Jeff says. Meat and potatoes. The first time I heard them was uh, I was probably 11, 12 years old. And I, I wouldn't say I became a fan then, but obviously the Black Album, Inner Sandman, heard it on the radio, right on. drew me in. And uh, I think I got back to them when I was about 13, 14. When, probably at that age when you start to buckle down on what kind of music you're going to listen to, you know. This is true. You know, get, kind of separated myself from what my friends were listening to, classmates at the time, you know. And uh, at that, by that time, uh, this is uh, about 95, 96, a load had just come out. I remember hearing um, King Nothing over the radio. Because that was, only, that was, the radio was a huge, you know, uh, path uh, to how I got, got into it. And then uh, in 97, I was 14. And I snuck out of school to buy Reload. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Unforgiven I like, too. I like that. <laughs> yeah. He was unforgiven too. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, when I was uh, 16, 17, I started, you know, obviously I, I had gone to the earlier stuff. When I got to the older stuff, I really fell in love with uh, Ride the Lightning, you know, to the point where I got it. I got symbols of it tattooed on my arms and stuff like that. I'd say that's pretty serious when you go to the tattoo shop. Yeah, it's yeah. It's pretty permanent. The uh, first time I seen them live was in uh, 2000 at the Bradley Center in January. Kid Rock 7 Dust Tour? Yeah, Kid Rock 7 Dust. They opened up with uh, Die, Die, uh, yeah, Die, Die, My Darling. That's I remember what that. I was getting at, that little mini M2K tour that I talk about a lot. I love that. I think that was the only show I've seen when they opened up with a cover. Awesome. It's the only cover they should use to open up a set. No, 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 no. Time for Bread Fan in Las Vegas. One month away. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you got Bread Fan and SFO. You're done. <laughs> oh. Mike, what's the best show you've seen? August, I think, around that time. August of 04. That was the last time I've seen them before I shipped off to Iraq. Okay. And then, uh, then they got the the summer of two thousand three in July in Chicago at the Hawthorne. Oh, nice! I like the. It's it's a really tough call between those two shows because uh, obviously in 03 on that tour, the Summer Sanitarium tour, um, Lincoln Park opened up. Yep. Kind of fell in love with them after I saw them live. I was a, I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of critical of them. You know, that was Lincoln Park at their like. A lot, pe- a lot of people would say their peak at their prime. You know what I mean? That was when me. I would say prime. I wouldn't say peak. Not peak, but yeah, their prime. Like that was Meteora had just came out, and definitely not I their agree. peak as far as how big they got. That's not what I meant. I meant definitely their. I mean, they're they were playing perfectly. You know, firing on all cylinders, yeah. and it, it seemed it yeah, seemed that- like right after that tour with Metallica, they just blew up. And, uh, you know, I was pretty close to the stage, so I got a couple nods from, you know, Chester, Kirk. It's kind of a funny moment, but at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, what are we doing? You know, Limp Bizkit came on, and four songs in, they, they got pooed off stage. Oh, man, I love Biscuit. I saw this tour a couple times, Mike, and I, I know what you mean. And you got to think, 03, Biscuit was really fucking big, too. And then uh, Mudvayne also played yeah. with them. 
Yeah, and Deftones. I wasn't. Yeah, and Deftones, but I'll tell you, Linkin Park, fucking, they blew everybody I feel away. like, and I, I like, I'm not a big Deftones fan, but huge Mudvayne fan, huge Biscuit fan, but I definitely feel like on that tour, other than Metallica, obviously, just kicking ass, especially at that time, there was no one that was going to take down Linkin Park on nope. that bill. Nope. They they stole the show. Yeah, they did. Uh, they probably should have opened right before Metallica. I think it was. Yeah, but could you imagine if they would have put Biscuit opening up for Linkin Park on their, I mean, th- their second album had just come out. Like, they were so fresh on the scene that, oh, man. Yeah. But, I mean, in hindsight, that's probably how it should have been. Yeah, and I, I just remember. Um, I don't know if it was a banana or a water bottle, <laughs> but it it hit either near or it did hit Fred Durst, and he went off on the crowd, <laughs> and you know stormed off stage, and we had to wait like a dead like ninety minutes sure. <laughs> for Metallica. I, I don't get everybody's ordeal with fred and why they hate biscuit and fred so much i i really don't get it it was that chocolate fl- flavored water y'all yeah the the chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. sorry the hot dog flavored water <laughs> <the> chocolate flavor <laughs> close enough just mesh it all together <laughs> significant other was amazing i learned he had beef with like man cow on that show or prior to that show and man cow's like chicago's howard stern yeah and yeah, I think that I think that's what the let up was to it. I didn't know at the time, but fair enough. I mean, they were like, "Hey, you're gonna diss someone here in our hometown?" Then fuck you, Fred. And uh, I saw him again. You know, a lot of Milwaukee shows. Uh, the final Bradley Center show, which was in '09, that was on the uh, Death Magnetic tour. Magnetic, yeah. That was a group. That was a. That probably was my favorite set list show because they played a lot of Ride of Light, Lightning on that show. They played a lot of good banners, stuff like that. You know, the well, obviously they're always going to play banners, but uh, the stage production on that show with the lasers and all that stuff, I thought that was pretty cool. Life in line, baby. Awesome openers. I saw them again in, in Chicago, a Soldier Field with the Venge Sevenfold this last time, which was be 17. And uh, unfortunately, oh god, that's five, almost five years now. <laughs> Is that the one at Pfizer Forum? Yeah. yeah, I was at that one. That was a good show. Yeah. Foo- hey, speaking of Nirvana, Foo Fighters were there that night. Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> speaking speaking of Avenge Sevenfold, they just came out. There's an article that just came out not long ago. That says that their upcoming album is heavily influenced by Kanye West. What? You know, <laughs> you're kidding, right? I'm not. I've seen. I've seen. I've seen. Like we already had free speech for the dumb. <laughs> I just remembered that though, so maybe that could, that that'll be the free speech for the dumb because I just remembered that was just today. Why though. would they say that? That has you uh, puzzling, questioning things. I've been away. Searching for a reason, another purpose to find. I've sailed the seas, fought my many demons. I've looked to gods in the sky. It has me, you know, why they say it is because they say it for the fans like me who don't actually like Avenged Sevenfold. And not that I'm a big Kanye fan, but just right. the fact that they said that. Now I'm curious. Interesting. I'm intrigued. Very interesting. And now, and now I'll listen because I want to see. 
where the Kanye influence does that mean it's going to be catchy? Is it going to be? Is it going to suck? Know, is it going to suck? Who knows? This is going to be a very good in voting for all tonight. You're going to actually have to think about this one tonight because what I've decided is, you know, we're we're still within this 40th anniversary of Metallica, and I want to know from everybody. Is it going to be the first 20 years or was it the second 20 years that you liked more? And when I say what you liked more, it's not just the music, because obviously if we go just based off the music, we know the first 20 years is going to have the second 20 years beat. But think about the things they did in the second 20 years, whether it's like Full Arsenal, Orion Festival. They started doing all of the, you know, VIP meet and greets and stuff like that. They were they got you know a lot more you know involved with it, I should say, and a lot more involved with their fans. So, is it are you gonna go with the first twenty years because you like their music more, or the second twenty years because because maybe they're more involved with you as a fan personally? This is gonna be a seven day long episode because I need a week to think about what you just asked. I know, isn't that crazy? I was just thinking about it earlier, and it Dude. like it really made. I had to think about it. I, I this might be an entire season. We're talking 1981 to 2001, or, or 2001. 2001 to present day. Yep. Do you know how much of a mind fuck that is for me at the moment? <laughs> I knew this one was gonna get you. I might have to go do a tour in Fallujah before I have an answer for you. <laughs> You know, I, I said when we started it that you're going to have to do some thinking. The problem is, is some people haven't been alive during those years. And ooh, that's, that is tough. It is tough. So you, you have to weigh out what you've what you've seen and read versus what you've experienced. I mean, all of it has a big part. It's, it's easy to say the first 20 years because obviously, I mean, you have everything from Kill em All to fucking... Garage Inc. SNM one, you know what I mean? You have like basically their discography in the first twenty years. And you have Lulu in the second choice. Yeah, insane anger. <laughs> but think about it, you've probably experienced a lot more in the second half. And Ja Rule. Yeah, and Ja Rule. <laughs> and they did a lot more, you know. Oh man. Crazy things. Well, Jeff, since you asked this impossible in voting for all scenario. <laughs> And you've had time to think about this. I think you should go first while I ponder my thoughts, opinions, dreams, wishes, expectations, and a couple letdowns over the few decades. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mike and I are going to go to the rave and hang out in the pool while we think about this. Well, you know, we didn't even ask Mike. He might already have his answer. Well, do you have your answer or do you need some time to think about it? It's tough because the first 20 years. It's insane, Jeff. I was, only be, I was only really able to experience maybe that that tail end of that first 20. Me too. I was really at the tail end. I was born in the early 90s. So, I mean, I was really at the gotta, tail end of that. You also got to remember the second half of that, tw- the second, the other 20, the part two 20, early on, they were. Kind of, for as big as they were, they were still kind of accessible. But I did see more shows with them on that one. So I might have to lean towards the, that second 20. Exactly. And like I said, that's what makes this such a great question is because you can use it via personal experience or 
via what you like to listen to more what means more is it the, the personal things you've done or is it being able to sit back and listen to those first you know seven studio records and just enjoy that you know what i mean and read the stories and see the documentaries and watch year and a half and cliff them all and i mean it's a lot to think about but since Shane isn't ready to answer yet, I would I'd have to go with the second twenty as well because for me I I put it in a personal level and that's the second twenty is when I really truly started falling in love with the band because obviously I am younger than than a lot of the people that really got into them you know at an early age I remember you know being in elementary school and having my magazines that had Metallica on it and you know that's obviously Metal Edge. Yeah, you're a hit parader, guitar world, you know, like after St. Anger just came out, you know what I mean? And I'm like a little kid and it just, I remember what it meant to me at that time. All the times I've seen them are in that second 20 years. And I, I like what they've done as far as, you know, Orion Fest and, and doing these things, you know, with the Metallica, you know, traveling museum and just making a very personal experience for their fans. Not that the first 20 aren't important i mean obviously just as important that was the foundation and if i had to pick from a musical standpoint the first 20 wins every single time no questions asked i feel like i had to bring a personal decision on this one dude that was such a great question that that needs to be a segment from here on out first 20 last 20 because it's really it's a fucking it's a thinker because you really have to weigh out every option. It's 40 years of shit. It's like, does seeing them, the number of times I've seen them in the 2000s, overtake the Ride the Lightning album? That's tough. Does does all the time you travel to see them yeah. overtake all the countless hours that you spent <sighs> growing up watching year and a half? And then it came full circle when I had lunch a couple weekends ago with Adam Dubin. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is it watching Adam's VHS as a fifth grader on the couch every day after school or having lunch with them 25 years later? That's tough. What's your choice, Shane? You got to pick one. I feel like I need to explain this answer that is like 30 minutes long. <laughs> Obviously, all the music and the soundtrack to Mike's life, Jeff's life, and my life is from the first 20. Is Saint Anger special to me? Absolutely. Is Death Magnetic an amazing record and possibly in my top five? Absolutely. Is Hardwired underrated and I wish it came out in the 90s? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. Like, you got to think of Magnetic, Hardwired, and think of the Through the Never Project. Think of the full Arsenal shows. Exactly. Think of the 30th anniversary Fillmore. Think that's of, all those things I was taking into consideration. Like it's there's a lot that's in that back half that the first half just doesn't have. And all the shows when I started to get crazy and what and following them on tour with Madly and the Anger Tour, the Napster stuff. I don't think this is going to be as much of a sweep as I thought it was, especially if we introduce it as a segment. Because I for sure <laughs> thought instantly I was like, like for the people voting that haven't listened to the episode but see the vote, they're just going to automatically vote the first twenty. So I feel like the vote is going to be based on if you've listened or not, <laughs> if you've listened to it or not. And you should even put that in the vote that says, make sure you've listened to the episode before you vote. But I, I have an answer, but I need to explain this maybe next week when we have more time. 
All right. Well, how about you give us your answer and then you explain it next week if if you can hold off your explanation. I have to go with 2001 to present day. All right. So a three-way sweep, as Jeff Winslow calls it. You know what? I definitely, when I first initially came up with this question, did not think it was going to be like that. I, I thought it was going to be the other way around, and I'm pleasantly oh. surprised but happy at the same time. But Escape came out in 84, bro. <laughs> trapped under ice <laughs> fucking right All i didn't right, even well, think about what? trap that's how that's how mind-boggling and flustered i am i almost didn't want to ask this question but hey, i felt like Cliff, if I, are you kidding me exactly but i i felt like if i didn't <sighs> ask it because we're in the whole 40th realm still i'm like this is, it's now or never if i wait until later it's gonna be <sighs> like it has to be right now after the 40th just happened when it's fresh still and, you know, I, I want people to think. I'm kicking off next week's episode with why I picked 01 through present day. That will be our that'll be our news next week. I also, I also sounded ridiculous because it says, I said 01 to 21, and it's 22, so chalk me up with Joe Biden. <laughs> like 10 minutes yeah, ago, but, I said 21. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's You threw me off because you said 20, Jeff. It's your fault. You know, because... Let's go Winslow. I agree. <laughs> in 21, <laughs> that's when the 40th show happened. So I was talking about up until, okay. you know, the, four, oh, one the first 21. 20. The, yeah, 21. Yeah, oh, 21's fine. so flustered, dude. I know. I really fucked you up with that one. I'm so flustered. We just need to just put this to bed. We're going to vote, and then we're going to talk about it next week because we need to get Mr. Zedding into the jump in the fire pit because we got a lot of shit to ask him. Let's let's do it. Let's see what he knows. He might just plow right through this. Mike's seen uh, incredible amount of shows. He's seen some legendary shows. He saw one of my favorite tours, M2K. So I th- I think we're going to be good with this. Last week, Eric Escudero got off to a raging start, and then he kind of hit some speed bumps, and then re- he recovered in the end, and he passed the test. These are questions that I heard at the San Francisco trivia with Stefan Shirazi. This is round two. Repeat questions. Mike, you ready to jump in the fire with 15 hardcore questions? All right, let's do it. All right. Let me get my list up here. All right, Mr. Mike Zedding, jumping in the fire, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and he does not have a slice of cheese on his head. (laughs) (laughs) I had cheese earlier. There you go. All right, Mike, question number one from round two from the San Francisco trivia event. What band did Jason Newstead leave to join Metallica? Flotsam and Jetsam. Nice. See, I told you you'd plow through it. <laughs> can you name a Flotsam uh, album title? Uh, I cannot. <laughs> Jeff? Uh, no, I was not never a big Flotsam fan. Neither was I. Doomsday for the Deceiver. Question number two. Who received credits for playing the bass parts on St. Anger after Jason departed? Bob Rock. See? Nice. Look at this. Easy money. No wonder Jeff wanted the evens. He loves those St. Anger style ones. (laughs) Question three. What jazz documentary in 2015 did Mr. Robert Trujillo produce? Jocko. Nice job, dude. Pistorius. Did you watch that, Jeff? Yeah, it's really good. It's sharp. Jocko was... He was quite the musician, to say the least. Quite the human being. Doesn't Rob have that bass? I'm pretty sure he does, yeah. 
Is it a P base? J base. <laughs> Duh. Fender J base, yeah. Sunburst. Yeah, I think it's a fretless. Jocko's base was a fretless. It's probably worth like 100 bucks. Uh, 110, actually. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> Question number four. At the age of 15, what band claimed to have changed Kirk Hammett's life and made him save up enough money to buy a flying V? Um, uh, good to guess. I'm going to say Kiss. Final answer? That's a good guess. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I got to lock it in because I, I don't know. I got to lock it he, in. Isn't that what they said on the show? He, he locks. He's locking it in. Unfortunately, it's not the answer we're looking for. We're looking oh. for UFO slash Michael Shankner, his That's favorite guitar all, player. Yeah. I should have known that. Shankner's a bad mofo, that's for sure. Yeah. Kirk got to play with him on, I think, that metal show? Yeah. Yep. He's like, dude, I couldn't even breathe. I was so nervous when I met him. Yeah, imagine that. That'd be like Jeff and uh, Taylor Swift. Hey, I mean, Tay Swift's pretty tall. <laughs> Tay Swift, baby. She's tall. Uh, question five, Mike. What fast food chain did Kirk work at while saving up for that exact guitar? <laughs> I feel like it's Burger King. <laughs> I feel like you're right. Nicely done. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Gotta go with BK. <laughs> hey, man, the king. He can never go wrong. I think I read that in an interview in one of like a Guitar World magazine or something. Well, like when they featured him back in like Flame Broil Seven or something. Hey Kirk, get that broiler going. Get that liquid <laughs> smoke out, cuz. I'd take BK over McDonald's, I'll tell you that much. I like BK, I really do. But the I, I mean if offers you, are good. Have you noticed, you know, every other fucking restaurant in supply shortage? Burgers are getting smaller everywhere. They're getting smaller, but I swear every BK around the country is getting dirtier by the day. <laughs> well, I don't care about cleanliness. I just care about my burger. Cleanliness is next to godliness, my friend. That's true. But when I was a kid, I swear that double cheeseburger was like that big. I'm showing you on Riverside.fm right now. Yes. Now and the burger. Your hand, your hand was also this big. No, compared I, no to this I'm big. just telling you right now it was that big around. <laughs> now that fucking burger is about that big around about the size of your fucking kid's hand yeah well you know what they're like fucking white castles and you know what they're you can't say anything bad about white castle because their burgers have never changed same size same recipe that's that's the best fast food restaurant on the planet speaking of burgers krista was also very disappointed in the grill them all burger that we talked about last week and she's going to reinvent a metallica sandwich she told me and she's going to name it the will arnett or the ronnie the Ronnie. <laughs> All right. Hey, Question speaking of Will Arnett, Lego Masters is coming back. Yeah, I know, and I'm only watching three. it. Mike, do you watch Lego Masters? I don't. Oh. I watch it just for Will Arnett. <laughs> <laughs> I like him in Arrested Development. <laughs> I love Arrested Development as Joe Bluth, or as everyone called him, Gob Bluth. Oh, or Jeff. called him, Gob. I have a host for you. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right. All right, we're going to move on here since, you know what, Mike was on a roll here and we might have just put that flame out. He was. He got Burger King. He put the flame out on the broiler. Exactly. Well, you know what, we might have just we he's, need to reignite he's that He's going to get this next one. He's doing just fine. This one is so tough, I don't even know what to do. 
Right now, right, Eric quite- Escudero in Denver are like, fuck that. I didn't get these questions. <laughs> I know. For real. How is this supposed to be harder? <laughs> Stefan, what'd you do? It does get right, harder. Question, question number six. What song after Cliff's death did he receive a writing credit for? To live is to die. Nice. See? Nicely done, dude. Golf clap. Mike clap. Question seven. Which fellow musician did Lars reach out to Mike seeing if he was interested in producing Master of Puppets. Oh, man. I just read this one, too, and I can't remember. Every time I come across this, it's still mind-blowing to me. That record would have been so good had he produced it. (laughs) Because it wasn't that great, right, Jeff? (laughs) I mean, it was okay, but it would have been so much better. Mop. Mop's okay. I can't. I can't remember. I, I sing sing one of those band songs, Jeff, to give him the answer. Exit the warrior. Today's Tom Say. Oh, <laughs> Getty Lee. Yeah, yes, it is. Is that not crazy? Ah, that would have been weird. It would have been amazing because Getty's ear. Imagine Cliff in his his just That's how he put point. harmonies together. Two bass players. And then you put that with Getty, who already hears things like a fucking robot and just can make it perfect. Like, oh, my God, that record would have been even more amazing than it already is. It probably wouldn't have been as much like uh, Damage Inc. and Disposable, or those <laughs> songs would have been a little bit more melodic. But, yeah, man, agree. that's the record that should have been right there. Things would have been different. It would have been interesting. I think maybe, it would have been. Maybe for justice. <laughs> No, Justice, it just that, I don't know, that's that's that transitional, well, it was a transitional record, too. It was meant to be the way it yeah. was. No, it was a Just, badass that's why Just, record, Jeff. It is, but it was their transitional record from Jason to Cliff, or Cliff to Jason, and it had to happen the way it did, but Puppets, I mean, they I were at their peak. got a metaphor for with, that album. What do you got? The lack of bass is the absence of Cliff. I like that. That's actually a good way of that's a, looking at it. That's how is that was deep. Yeah, how's nobody even Mike, I gotta write that down. Say that again. That's really good. Uh, the lack of bass is the absence of cliff. You would have thought that one of the guys would have said that like thirty years <laughs> ago just to get like everybody to stop because then they would have just I mean at that point, what are you supposed to you can't argue that. That's well put. That's like something you'd see on the back of a record. That's like that's like bang that head that should not bang, or that does not like bang. something that would be in a fucking Hallmark card. Bang the head that does not bang. That does not bang. The lack of bass is the absence of Cliff. I feel like this oh, should this be like their next record title. It should just be called a lack of Cliff. <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. Very what, nice. What question? question yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say question number eight. This is a good one. In what 2010 movie did Lars make a cameo appearance? I love this movie. Give him to the Greek. Love Dude, that movie. Nicely Why don't you go done. sue Napster, you little Danish twat? <laughs> 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 Fucking Russell Brand. In the Milwaukee show in 2004, I was um I was up by the stage, standing kind of next to the rail where the band members were all coming out. And this chick is kind of standing next to the rail. I'm talking to her. I, I didn't really talk to her. I just asked her if she works with the band. She says she dated the drummer. It was Connie, Connie Nielsen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Connie was right there on the rail with you? 
for like maybe 45 seconds. Wow, that's cool, Mike. You're like, I, I'm I dating the drummer, you. and you're like, uh, what did you just say? Yeah, yeah. I, was, like, I, I, I didn't I know how to respond. Devil's Advocate. That was a great movie. <laughs> that's right. Gladiator. Yeah, right? She's hot. She also drives a Tesla. All you Tesla owners, it's like you're all... all cult. Your... Cult, bro. Cult. Yeah, like Jeep Wrangler owners. No. I had a researcher after that show, like a day or two, because I'm like, dated the drummer. Who's Lars dating? <laughs> <laughs> He's a tall, long drink of water. Yeah, for real. Get him to the Greek. I did not know that. Um, as you can tell, Mr. Bob O'Rourke, who was part of our trivia team, saved us from that one, Jeff. Oh, I would have got that one. I love that. That whole cameo is great. This next question, all of us missed. Are you ready, Mike? Let's, let's, let's go for it. What? Oh, this one's easy. This is We've had this question on our podcast. We, as a dream team, fucked this one up. We'll see what Mike has for an answer. Dude, we've had this question before. I know. I think we've also had Getty Lee, and I think we've also had... The next question after There's this There's a couple questions at the end of this that Stefan totally stole from Jump in the Fire. I know we've had this one because... We have? I'm like 99% sure this next question we've had. Well, let's see if Mike can beat the Dream Team here. Question number nine. What was the name, Mike, of James and Ron McGovney's first band? There's only two of them that I know that James was in. That part is correct. And... Uh... That's a half a point. <laughs> it's the only reason why I know we've had this question is because I... I think you asked this, Jeff. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I've asked I can't this think of the other band name. The only one that's Leather Charm is... That's your answer. Yeah. And that is correct. That's a, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> what, was this, what was the other band? We all went with Obsession. Oh, yeah, that's it. Fuck. Nicely done, dude. Leather Charm. See, and that's the we're only one that Mike. I know is At the 50th anniversary, charm. we're bringing Mike to San Francisco. I don't know why we went with Obsession, but we got it wrong. I actually know this next question, too, and I, it's, I think it's the only one that I actually know out of the four. Oh, come on. You're a Seriously. host of a podcast. You should know all of all four, all seven, even Lloyd's. What? <laughs> Ron's. <laughs> what is James' date of birth, his dob? Uh, August 3rd, 1963. Damn, you didn't have to think about that. (laughs) Wait, no. Lars is is what, the 26th? Correct. December 26th. December 26th, yeah. I remember it's the day after Christmas, but Kirk's is, I don't know, November? Kirk's is the easiest because it's the day that like four records have come out. I don't know Kirk or Rob's. November 18th. I I don't even know what month Rob is born. I know he's born in 64. November 18th, Kirk. April. I know Kirk 62, James and Lars are 63, and Rob is 64 as far as their years that they were born. Talking about some dinosaurs here. <laughs> some fossils. <laughs> All right, let's get these bonus questions going. He's already kicking ass. He doesn't even need any bonus questions. Mike, you've already passed a test. You got one, two, three. I think you got the only one you wrong. missed was F. Uh, F. <laughs> was UFO. Yeah. And Getty Lee. And Getty, yeah. He's, he's, he's dude. 80%. He's got a B right now. Eight for 10. All you need is eight and a half to pass because there's 15 questions. All right, Mike, some bonus questions. These are all revolved around artwork. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. Pusshead 
has designed some of Metallica's most iconic images over the years. What is Pusshead's real name? Uh, I would not have got this, this one's one. going to stomp me because I don't know. I know it's probably something simple, but. I didn't know this. I don't think O'Rourke knew it. And I think Garkowski came through with this at the last minute from Dyer's Cleave. Bonus questions. I don't, I wouldn't have known any of them. By the way, bonus questions. questions, These are worth two. So they're harder than hell. I wouldn't have known any of them. Pusshead is Mr. Brian Schrader. Yeah, I knew it was something common or simple. Something common. (laughs) I think I put Jeff Winslow on the answer sheet. That's how stumped we were. I always prefer to watch Pusshead. <laughs> a legend. All right. Question number two. Which artist designed the infamous toilet with the machete coming out of it for metal up your ass graphic? Bonus question number two. Machete. James Hetfield. That's a damn good guess. Knowing that kind of timeline and how much art he's done. Exactly. Unfortunately, it's not James. It's Mr. Stephen Gorman. Oh, okay. We all put down Mark DeVito and were. You put down Danny DeVito, maybe. That'd be a good guess, too. My cousin Vinny. Uh, that's Joe Pesci. The hell am I thinking of? Danny DeVito's the penguin in Batman Returns. You know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. How did I get him and Joe Pesci confused? Because they're we're both talking short. about the wet bandits. Both short throw, mama, throw mama from the train. <laughs> This is going to surprise probably both of you and our audience. I have barely seen any version of Batman. Man, you got to at least see like the Keaton Arrow ones. It's just never, at least it, the Christian Bales. It never I mean, did yeah, anything that's, for me. I watched the original Bale. and I'm just like, eh, meh, seen it. I would much rather watch the Keaton ones than the Christian Keaton, Bale Keaton ones. Keaton was pretty good. The first one, I think, rules all. I, I really... Batman Returns is the best, I think. Just going to throw that I out. Like that Christopher Walken, one. Michelle Pfeiffer. Come on, dude. Danny DeVito. Yeah, DeVito with the penguin. What bandits? Yeah, dude. What bandits? The sticky bandits. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus question number three. The cover art, Mike, for Load and Reload made a statement. Which artist made those I sure made a fucking statement i know the first name's like andre andreo or or something like that i can't i can't squeeze out that last name i'm it's a pepper it's a uh that's a good way of putting it it is <laughs> it's a pepper speaking uh, of that awful grill of mall burger <laughs> gross 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 like jalapeno or something. <laughs> Does he get the I, half I point for getting the first it. name, for getting the Andreas? I'm going to give I, him I a half it. a point. Half a point. So he gets one point. So now you can get your nine out of ten for your original questions. Look at that. He passed. He passed. Andres Serrano. Serrano. Pepper. Serrano. See, Serrano. And Stefan emphasized which artist made these because he actually made that art, Jeff. Are you getting... Are you getting what I'm putting down? I am, yes. That's, yeah, gross. Gross. Not with a pen, not with a paintbrush, not with but a pencil. With, with, a, with his human paintbrush. With blood and his third eye. He he, paint, <laughs> he, he painted that that little fucking glass piece white. Just remember, Howard Stern said, that's very good looking semen, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 
No, <laughs> you wish. It's really good-looking semen. <laughs> Actually, um, grade A semen. <laughs> Bonus question number four: Dmitri, uh, is this? Uh, Need me to help you? Dmitri Sugarnoff and Jesper Carson. Carson, yes. Just need that. That's got to be German. Sugarnoff. I'll say the names and then you finish the sentence, okay? Dmitri Sugarnoff and Jesper Carson. Who designed the hardwired cover are better known as what collaborative name? Uh, This is tough. I wouldn't have got this. I didn't even know who Sugarnoff was. I stopped following the artwork after um, Death Victenic because I heard they went through like a computer graphics company or something. Dimitri. Shame on them. They should have called Larry Levine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm at, a, I'm at a loss for this one. We are looking for herring and herring. That sounds like a fucking stockbroker or yeah, lawyers <laughs> on the New York Stock Exchange. They are from New York too, by the way. See, <laughs> they're goofy as hell too. I've met them. They wouldn't let me park my rental car at the Halo on Fire video shoot where I initially wanted to park my rented Toyota Corolla. All those Corolla drivers, I tell you. Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know about those guys. Fucking drivers, Ed morons. I tell me about it. If I was driving the car, we'd be in a lot better shape. Not in the ghetto in Oakland where that thing went down. <laughs> I went roll down the window at noon at an intersection there. Ah, don't be scared. You just got to have your peace with you. Mike, you've already passed, but we're going to uh, visit the last question from Stefan's round two. Bonus question number five. At what museum can you find the actual mannequin used on the cover of Lulu? Somehow we got this question correct. I don't know how. Is it at Jerry Jerry Scrapyard and somewhere in the Dakotas? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's Jerry's Junkyard by Sturgis. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how we came up with this, but we, we actually got it. Yeah, I'm at a loss for this one, too, because probably like most people, Lulu didn't get a whole lot of my attention. No. 97% of Metallica fans didn't give it much love. And when I went back and listened to the recording, because I voice recorded this whole thing when we were in this trivia contest, I couldn't make out the name because when they said an art museum in Berlin... Our entire table erupted because we had Berlin as our answer, and we just put that down based off of like titles from the album, like Brandenburg Gate. Hmm. I don't know the name of the museum, but it's some art museum in Berlin, and we were awarded the points, and we went absolutely apeshit. See how they are getting close. It's it's all about being smart with the geography. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight and a half. No, I, there was two points, so that's nine. Oh, sorry. You got, half, you got half a point for the bonus. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, You should have nine eight. points. I'm counting ten and a half, dude. Ten and, ten and ten, a half. Ten and a half. That's what it is, Jeff. What are you getting ten and a half from? He had a, he had a half point. He had a half point for bonus number three. Those are worth two points, and he had eight points in the first ten, which makes it nine points. He didn't get any of the other bonus. I have him at ten and a half because I gave him a half a point for something else he said. Do you remember what it was, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, I have it written down. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure it's nine is what it should be. The but, point you know is, what? is these fucking questions got really tough in they round two. They are really hard. Eric yeah, Escudero, those... the PR guy from Denver, got uh... eight and a half. Mike's at ten and a half. And we got two guys that kicked ass for the first two rounds. And we've got two weeks to go. I'm, I'm proud of you guys. Nicely done. I'm very proud. Thank you. And we learned something tonight. I learned that Danny DeVito is not Joe Pesci. <laughs> and anybody listening to the episode previous, we will learn if Shane can count or not. Someone correct me or him. Maybe I'm wrong here. Hate train. Fire it up. Ten and a half. <laughs> Jeff said nine. Just remember, the lack of base is the absence of cliff. <laughs> Dude, I love it. That's that's, that's awesome. like our, it's our metaphor for this episode. I might title the episode that. I would agree. I think it's a great episode. I just got I just got sick of arguing with people about how there's no bass on the album. Well, Mr. Mike, did you come up with a list of Metallica covers that other bands have done? Top five I list. Did. Garage remains the same. We're going back to the garage, not back to the front, back to the garage. Our garage always remains. Just think of back if back to the front was produced by Getty Lee. Then we'd be back at the garage. <laughs> Instead of dental and dun 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 be like bum ba dun dun bum da 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 It would be like like subdivisions. Do you know that Rush on one tour had washing machines on stage as like their props? Yeah, and they actually did their laundry. Yeah, they actually did their laundry. And I think Stage Right had a popcorn machine. So dope. A rotisserie chicken maker, I think, in at one point too. Like Seriously? Rotisserie chickens. I think I think so. I thought I remember like a rotisserie chicken maker up on stage. Just think of like playing the solo to time stand still and you just go over and get some chicken in between songs. Dude, I'd totally go grab me a drumstick, maybe grab a handful of popcorn, take my wet ass drawers off real quick, throw them in the dryer, grab some fresh shit. I mean, fuck. That's <laughs> why even go back to the to the green room you can just be on stage in front of everybody you get best of both worlds tell me my dream would not be playing bread fan putting the sticks down going over on stage getting a chipotle bowl and then playing trapped under ice yeah you know and in between songs maybe taking a couple bites here and there you know but not eating too much to where you're getting full and like crampy but you know popcorn chipotle chicken on stage you just you... that sounds like a good time honestly living it really dream. sounds like a good time all right, sorry. So we're in the garage. We're in the garage, and Mike is going to tell us his top five favorite Metallica covers that other bands or artists have done. All right, so I'm going to go from five to one. This one's going to come in at number five. I'm going to. You guys might rip me for this one. Oh no! Good. Two completely different answers from Shane and I. Said good. He says, "Oh no." <laughs> I actually like Ghost. Uh, covering Enter Sandman. Thank you. It actually made me want to listen to Enter Sandman. The, uh, yeah, if I'm going to listen to Enter Sandman, I'm going to listen to a different, you know, version yeah, of it. it. It was different. I like what they did with it. I'm not a big fan of Ghost. I kind of right into the heavy guitars. I'm not a fan of Ghost only because I, I'm slightly confused by them, as far as like everything about them. But I think their cover of that song is great, um, just because it's a great take on that song it's something different and they made it their own that's a great cover right there is like they didn't just even though i like covers that are you know they stay true to the song they really made that song their own 
Blacklist, that's probably the only one that I think was really up my alley. You know, I mean, I like the Volbeat. Corey Taylor's was, old, you know, his stuff was okay, but it was kind of bland at the same time. Yep, I agree. Uh, number four, Cannibal Corpse, No Remorse. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I forgot a great about that. Out. Yep, that's a great one. I was actually going, I went back and listened to it because when I was putting this list together, I that's started a great going, song, Mike. I was thinking of like all the different covers I could think of to, to put in my list, and I contemplated putting that one in, but unfortunately, it didn't quite make my cut. But that is a no remorse. I love that song. That's a great workout band too. Corpse Grinders got his new uh, solo oh, yeah. coming out. This single's pretty good. It's it sounds like everything you'd expect yeah. from Corpse Grinder. <laughs> yep. Uh number three. I should probably should have ranked this maybe number four, maybe Cannibal Corpse a little higher, but number three, uh uh Trivium's Master of Puppets. Attaboy. I like the version a lot. I, I yeah, yeah I good. know they they kind of kept on par with with the original Master of Puppets, but... Yep, you can tell there's a couple little things that they added, just, you know, especially their at-the-time drummer, uh, Travis Smith. Yeah, um, Smith, yeah. He fucking, you know, like all the little, like, ghost fills you'd hear in the kicks, just like the little fucking, like, triplets that he'd add in there in certain places and some of the fast fills that you could tell just gave it kind of that, you know, Trivium-esque I, I like the I like how they handled the solo in that. Oh, it's perfect. Because uh, Kirk, I remember in past interviews saying uh, he, he, the the end of the solo on uh, the se- the second solo, um, he made a happy mistake that he he claimed he could never recreate it again. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that quote. Yeah, and I uh, so when I hear bands cover Master of Puppets, I always want to hear like how how do they how do they do that spot? Yep. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. man. That's a cool detail I forgot about. I've always wanted to record that song because not to say that I play it perfectly or anything like that, but I always feel like the way that I've done that part live when we play that song, I always felt like I was able to recreate it fairly, fairly well in our you do. live you do. setting. And I, I'd like to actually record it in here if it's, if I'm hearing what I think I'm hearing. <laughs> Who's the current drummer of Trivium now? Oh God. What's his name? Alex Bent. Alex Bent, that's right. Yeah, I knew it was. I knew it was something really short like that. He's good. He is amazing. They just put out a new album. It's actually pretty killer. Well, Metallica just played uh, last month, Mike, at uh, Hard Rock in Fort Lauderdale, that small Hollywood Fort Lauderdale show. Oh I've yeah, ne- when Trivium opened. Yeah, I'd never seen Trivium before, and I've seen them once. Mad respect for what I saw them. I mean, let's be honest. Opening for Metallica isn't that easy, but the 40 minutes they th- they threw down was awesome. They were, and it's just straight power. It was awesome. They got some unfair pressure earlier in their career because everybody projected them to be the next Metallica. Even even Kirk, I'm pretty sure, said that they were going to be the next Metallica. I remember there was an article with Kirk and Matt, 
and he was talking about how like they were basically like the next Metallica. Yeah, and you know they made a couple albums after Shogun. Ever kind of eh, but dude, Shogun's a great album. But I I loved every album they've ever put out, and I actually liked them more as they start progressing. Even some of their you know, like Silence in the Snow, that was a great record, very mainstream. But I yeah. love that record. I really do, and I loved everything. Literally, every record they've ever done has always been a big thumbs up in my book. Powerful group. Yep, absolutely. Number two, I got Machine Head's Battery. Battery. I always enjoy that yep. from them. And then uh, number one, I don't know if you guys knew wonder, about this. And I don't, it seems like a, a lot of people don't know about this one. Is it what I think it's going to be? Gorgira Escape. Oh, Gorgira's oh, Escape. Wow. Yeah. I thought I kind of thought for a second because you had some heavy songs in there. I thought you might pick between the Buried to Me's version of Blackened because their, yeah. their version of Blackened is really good. It's super heavy, and I'm like, ooh, if he's got Cannibal in there, he might have between the Buried to Me in there. Dude, that was yeah. solid. That's a very solid list. Ghost, Cannibal, Trivium, Machine Head, and Gorgira. Mike, I think Jeff and I have an idea of what you listen to outside of Metallica. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's some heavy shit. Did you put together a list, Mr. Shane? I did. You want me to go? You're going to close this out, Jeff? I can go if you don't want to go. I mean, I just was trying to give you the respect of choosing when you wanted to go. You're the boss, boss. Some banter just entered my head. You might have heard that the boys are going to play some heavy shit tonight. (laughs) Either that or you might have heard that the Talica boys were going to play some heavy shit tonight. Uh, last week I had a theme of cover songs that in my earlier years I wasn't aware that they were cover songs. Right. And that was a great theme, by the way. Great oh, list. Dude, last week was solid. Mike, your list was solid. This is this is cool. The garage remains the same. There are covers out there that blow me away with their skill and technicality. Tonight I chose five covers that are songs that sound nothing like the original yes so like some this very, is like let's be honest i'm gonna tell you right now one of my honorable mentions that didn't make my top five was dream theater doing the entire puppets record the puppets record yes i almost picked one of those too because it's you wouldn't expect it it is so well done but when i listen to it it's kind of like you're going to see jeff and i in a tribute band mimic right. the song as close as it gets the songs i've picked tonight are songs that do not sound cool like metallica cool song number one comes from a solo artist named mike dawes he plays one on an acoustic guitar and it's just him with one guitar and that guitar he gets drums rhythm lead and vocals out of that one instrument. I was going to say, he's I think kind of up in the rafters of like this barn or kind of like this like uh, 
industrial shed kind of building. I think I've seen that video before. I think I know what you're talking about. And he, I don't remember the year it came out, but he was rated like one of the best acoustical guitar players like in the world. It's, it is phenomenal. It's amazing what some of those guys can do when they start mixing in and they can like play the song and then yes. like tap on the acoustic and just like make a full band out of just themselves. It's insane. He's playing the part and then he's using the right part of his hand for like the kick in the intro to one. And then he's using his thumb for like the snare. And then somehow he plays the rhythm part and then the vocal part comes in. How he layers that is phenomenal. Again, Mike Dawes, solo acoustic guy playing one. I like it. Number two, we go back quite a few years, like the late 90s, kind of the, the thing that started all this stuff, Apocalyptica Creeping Death. Yes. Oh, dude, I forgot about that. Yes. They did start like a lot of that, you know, doing untraditional covers. Remember, remember late 90s, Mike, when that first Apocalyptica came out? Yeah, they had an album. I think it had like six songs on it, all Metallica. They had yeah. Fade to Black yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think they had like Harvester, Nothing Else Matters. Yeah. But that version of Creep, when no one knew who they were, and it's like, you're going to play Creeping Death on a cello, but good luck. Yeah, that's so, by serious far, talent to say yeah, the least. Yeah, Creeping Death is amazing. Uh, number three, a bluegrass group called Iron Horse. They also they have a album called Fade to Bluegrass. Oh, Fade to Bluegrass. That's okay. Yep. Now I know who you're. I was gonna say I know that record. And it's actually yep. they're called Iron Horse, and it's a tie between their Hero of the Day and the thing that should not be. I know the Hero of the Day one. That one's really good. Awesome really, guys. Really good. They've done a lot of Metallica. Mama, they try and break me. Number four and five, don't delete me from this video conference, but they actually come off the blacklist. Uh-oh. And that should surprise you, Jeff, because I wasn't the biggest blacklist fan when we went through that like this past summer. Yeah, I know. There was a, a few that you were all right with, but some of them you were very questionable. Did you put Kamasi Washington in there? Hell no. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce her name. I think it's Tommy. 
Awu. Awu, yeah. I don't Through the never. Sounds nothing like the original. It's I'll very well done. For sure. It's it smooth. Well done. The music video for it we talked about months ago mm-hmm. is one of those orgasm wave yep. machine satisfying videos. It's a great cover though. It's just it's so cool to hear a fresh take on something I love it. That's such a staple, you know. It's just like a smooth it's not even a pop song. It's more like an easy listening version of Through the Never. Yep. Uh my fifth one. Rodrigo and Gabriella's Struggle Within. That is a great cover. That is. That, yes. You, I like almost anything they put out. <laughs> so much talent, Mike. In the beginning, yeah. you, you know it's Struggle Within, but the the way they they kind of format it and even rip that Struggle Within solo on an acoustic, is that's tough to beat. That's one of my favorites. And I got to say, the more I listened to it as the weeks went on after it came out, I mean, I was already, you know, pretty intrigued when it initially came out. But the more I listened to it, the more some of the ones that I wasn't necessarily a big fan of early on started to grow on me. And I'm like, wow, like you can actually hear like the true musical talent underneath what is what you're wanting to hear. Because I feel like we know what song we're listening to. And I feel like there's like that subconscious thought in the back of our mind where we're like all right i want to hear through the never as through the never not as this weird you know soft easy listening but then the more you listen to it the more you break it down the more you realize wow there's some serious talent in these covers even kamasi washington (laughs) no there's no talent with kamasi whatsoever (laughs) i was surprised that two out of my five came from the blacklist um i knew rodrigo and gabriela were big but until I, I went back, the blacklist. and when I went back and looked at what they've done in the past, yeah, they've done some amazing shit that I wasn't even aware of. So that that's what's cool about that project. It it made me dig into some people I really didn't know much about. And that's the whole thing is it's it's cool to discover something, especially something that you never thought you would even be interested in. You know what I mean? I have three honorable mentions too before I get to yours. Oh, okay, let's hear them. They almost made the cut. I couldn't leave them out though. Dream Theater's entire Master of Puppets record. Yep. Volbeats, Don't Tread on Me. I'm kind of surprised that wasn't in there, not going to lie. And an In Podcast for All alumni member, Mrs. Smith's version of One. Of One, yes. That was a very cool cover. You can hear her episode with Jeff and I. It was season two, episode 12, talking about wigs and wah pedals. Wigs and wahs, and that that was an interesting cover 
that she did, but very cool take on it. And I'll add her video for one was almost better than her take of one. It was so well done. Yeah, it was. There was some good production, and I'm. I can see why. Excuse me. I can see why. She took a little bit of extra time to release it, make sure it was done right, because when it came out, it was interesting to say the least. Definitely entertaining. I enjoyed it. So there's my garage remains the same. Top covers others have done of Metallica. Mr. Winslow, I am shocked that you have a blacklist cover. I do. I do. Um, Don't say Kamasi. It's not Kamasi. It's not. (laughs) Okay. Starting at number one. I have to go with what Mike said. It's funny he said it. I put Master of Puppets by Trivium. No shit. Cover. Yeah. I uh, I love the cover. It was done very well, especially at that time period when they did it. That was in the time period when, as we said earlier, they were being talked about being the next Metallica. So it only seemed appropriate that they did that cover. And not only did they do it, but they fucking killed it. Um Number two is my blacklist song. I picked Nothing Else Matters by Darius Rucker. Who would have ever thought that I would pick Nothing Else Matters for anything? For anything. Who, who would have thought you'd pick a black album song, let alone Nothing Else? Exactly. But I love, I actually don't know if I will go back and listen to the original anymore. I love what Darius Rucker did. And it sounds somewhat similar to the original, but it's just enough changed true, true that it that it makes me just like fall in love with the song like when i first originally heard it when i was a kid and i got before i got sick of it you know what i mean now i have to ask you every time you talk about nothing else you always say i fast forward to the end so i can hear the hetfield solo did darius yeah, come so, through with the end solo no the solo is not the same but what they did even though it's i mean it has the 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 key points that like you need to hear in the solo, like the way like that part but it's different and it's done very very well it fits the style it it's i don't know it's played exactly to how the song fits if that makes sense you know what i mean absolutely everyone Um, lars said it's not his style it's not his style and plus just the way he sings that song i mean he really puts a great twist on it that i really like and nothing else matters Never open myself this way Jeff with Darius and a Black Elm song. Write that down. Jeff, are you running a, a fever, a temperature? Are you feeling okay? I, I don't have Unicorn. I'm good. I'm Do you good. have the Omnicron? The, the Unicorn. That's what I mean. I don't have it. <laughs> um, number three. It's funny that that we were talking about escape. I, I picked escape, but by hate breed. I love their cover. Oh, wow. I didn't know they covered it. Yeah. Hate breed does a very, very good cover. They did uh hate breed and ghost of war by Slayer. They did a, a couple covers, uh, mid two thousands. And I yeah, thought you were going to say King. <laughs> their cover of who, escape is, is really good. Mike, who'd you say? Uh, there's a band called King, K-Y-N-G. Yep, yep. They covered Escape, but they did it acoustically. I never knew that. If you get a chance, go out and listen to it. And I encourage, just like I said last week, anybody who's never heard any of these covers that myself, Shane, and Mike have have talked about, I encourage you to get on YouTube, jump on the old internet, and take a listen because they're all very, very good covers. Number four, Ride the Lightning by Hailstorm. And I was very hesitant to pick this one because... 
I love wow. Hailstorm. I really do. And when I first initially heard it, I was I was on the fence about it. You know, Guilty the, is charged. The guitar tone's not quite as thick. It has a little bit more of a classic rock tone that, you know, that Lizzie was getting into at the time. Um, you know, her voice, obviously very powerful. But the more I listened to it, the more I realized that if there was going to be any female singer to cover Metallica, it's got to be Lizzie Hale. And then when I thought about it from that aspect, I'm like, I feel like I got to pick at least one female singer because that throws it that throws it for a loop. Because obviously covering James as a guy is hard, but covering James as a female, I mean, that takes some serious talent. Death in the air. I thought you were going to say Avril Lavigne and Fuel on MTV Icon. <laughs> Dude, that was the best cover ever. That's my last and final one. Duh. No, I'm just kidding. Speaking of uh, females and males, I was in a gender-neutral bathroom today. Yikes. You should have got out and run, dude. It was the only option at this restaurant. So my question is, if you're in a gender-neutral bathroom, can anyone just walk in and, oh, hey, how are you? I think that's how that goes. It was the only option, and I'm like... Uh, Unless it's like a single bathroom where, I mean, if it's then, if it's gender neutral, then it's not that big of a deal if it's a single because there's not going to be anybody walking in. But if it's like a full on, like there was two of them and and they were singles, but there was, there was two separate doors. I mean, that's, that's, that's a little weird. I mean, if you're standing there, you know, pissing at a urinal and all of a sudden a woman comes in and drops trow and starts fucking taking a shit. I mean, that might be a little (laughs) bit uncomfortable. Just like at the county jail, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like at the fucking Metrodome, everybody piss into the metal bucket in the fucking bathroom. Uh, I think the term you're looking for, the Jeff, troughed. is trough. Trough. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the trough. Hey, Welcome dear. to the Metrodome. <laughs> 16 guys standing in line looking at everyone else's Pissing on each other's. Urine. <laughs> pissing on each other's boots. <laughs> if God made us that way, we all be pissing in our faces. In our faces. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my last cover is actually, it's funny, I, I picked this. It's actually probably one of my favorite covers, and it's a newer one that I've gotten into recently. Um, a band called Scream Inc., like INC for Incorporated. Uh, they're out of, I want to say, either Sweden or, or Finland or something like that. They're just a metal band. Nice. They did a full Metallica tribute show. Get this. Live filmed, like very, very professionally filmed with an orchestra. 12 songs, full show with an orchestra. And I did see that, yes. I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Of all of the songs they did, they did Unforgiven 2 with an orchestra, and it is fucking amazing. Probably one of the best Metallica covers in existence. I highly, highly recommend everybody to immediately go look up this cover.
Unforgiven 2. Did he use a B-bender? No, he didn't, but he plays the part fucking perfect. Wow, I got to check that out. I'm going to check that out when we sign off here. It's so good. I'll send you the link. You are going to be absolutely blown away. They do a bunch of songs. They do a version of Turn the Page where it's just basically a cappella, the singer, and the orchestra. What? And it has a little bit of like a Bob Seger and Metallica vibe, but he changes, the singer changes the melody line where it's like he almost makes it his own song, but it's a fucking amazing cover. I almost put that in too, but I was like, that's like a cover of a cover of a cover. So I just decided to go with Unforgiven 2. Instead of East of Omaha, East of Stockholm. So yeah, or wherever they're from. I don't I don't know exactly where Scream they're from, but it's Inc. Holy shit, yeah. Jeff. Trivium, Darius, Hatebreed, Hailstorm, and Scream Inc. I did not expect that from you. It it was an interesting list. I've been I've been having a good time putting these together though. Lists are fun. The garage remains the same. Jeff, Shane, and Mike went all over the board. I'm still hung up on your unvoting for all the first 20 versus the last 20. So we'll get you're to probably that still next thinking week. about it. I hey, am. While you're, while you're still thinking about it, let's have Mike tell us his song that should not be. We'll wrap up with that song yep. or song. <laughs> Mike, do you have a Green Bay Packer that should not be? <laughs> Brett Favre or Bart Starr? <laughs> Bart Starr. <laughs> he was a thug. Brett or, Brett or Aaron. <laughs> Any of those choices are going to get me killed in this state. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You work for the sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. What would be your song that should not be? That song that you (laughs) skip over? That song that... Did you you watch to... Did you watch Making a Murderer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he'll know how to prepare. Yeah. Uh, I know Enter Sandman has probably been mentioned... Numerous oh, times. Only not, once. That's actually. not allowed. I'm tired of this shit already. Yeah. That's you know a stipulation. What? No, that, no this is bullshit because no, Purify got that. no Purify and Saint Anger stuff got picked like five, six, seven times. Jeff, Andrew Sandman's I'm been tired once. of you celebrating the Sandman horseshit. That's over with. He's. Well, I'm not. Gonna, you're I'm a, not gonna you are. You I'm are. I'm not a, mad at you, Mike. I'm mad at him. He's a sore loser because I picked Sandman once and one other time it's been picked and now he doesn't want to hear it anymore because... I'm not mad at you, Mike. I'm mad at him. He thinks that Sandman's <laughs> such a great song. It's No Saint Anger, no Sandman. There has to be a... <sighs> Sandman's popular, so I can't use the word popular. Oh, I'm at a, oh, yeah. I'm at a crossroads See, here. Just let him pick Sandman. Nobody likes no, the song. Get nobody, over it. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear every other week Purify or Sandman. We want to hear Sandman's it. been picked twice. We That's it. We want like Dino saying Orion. <laughs> I'm gonna it pains me to say this. I would probably like have to going. go Seek and Destroy. Okay, that's an acceptable answer. That's I a love very it. acceptable answer until like it gets that. picked two or three more times and then it's not allowed anymore. No, it won't. It's not Sandman. It's not fucking... <laughs> I was actually almost going to pick Fuel. Oh, Whoa. I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that one. That's where I sign off. I like Fuel too much to say that. <laughs> Jeff was actually see. excited to hear Fuel at night too. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, boy. 100%. But it, it is a song. I, I think... Pretty much every time I've seen them live, they've pretty much played it. Yeah, I get it. It's it's one of those few songs that, like how Sandman is for Shane, he obviously never, ever, 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 ever gets sick of hearing it live. No, there's Um, a difference between (laughs) listener fatigue, which we visit every fucking week on this show, 
versus the song that absolutely shouldn't have been written or released. You think that Sandman should exist over Orion? 100% right Yes, now. yes. Oh! Yes. <laughs> Sandman got him paid. <laughs> Sandman did get him paid. Sandman definitely got him paid. Hey, as Lars would say, that's the song that keeps the pool heated. <laughs> hey, you know what? You can't argue with that. I would take Sandman 100 times over Orion. You can't. I I can't wait Dude, until I the please listeners please rock write song in. of the '90s and probably today. The greatest rock. I didn't song. say greatest. Listen. I said biggest. Oh, I think you said greatest. No. Um, yeah, it's not even close biggest. to the greatest. We all know that's Bi- bread fan. <laughs> biggest. <laughs> yeah, next to Welcome to the Jungle, you're probably right there. Biggest. Do it. <laughs> That Jeff, doesn't mean you, it's good. Jeff, you need to appreciate what Sandman did for the band. Dude, WAP was the biggest song of 2020. That doesn't mean it was a good song. <laughs> Is that Cardi B? Yeah. I know my shit. See? It's so you, were paying, you, were, you, were, you were reading or watching E.T., whatever it is. <laughs> no, I just remember you mentioned that, and I'm like, Cardi B, who's that? Only the biggest artist of 2020, duh. Mike, you're going with Seek and Destroy as the song that should not be to close out Season 7, Episode 1. Yeah. Wow. Like I said, it pains me to say that. but I didn't even realize we were on uh, Season 7 now. Congratulations <laughs> to us. Jeff's still high from last week in Denver. I'm <laughs> See, now I'm starting to think about... I'm getting all flustered with this whole Sandman Season talk. 7. And you flustered me with the first 20 versus the last 20. We all went with the last 20, and I'll have more on that next week. Yes, if I, I don't sign on singing Rape Me. Or if you don't <laughs> sign on singing Say Your Prayers, Little One. I might. And then we're He's going like, back no, to I'm Milwaukee going. and Mike's going to sing Seek and Destroy and do the Trujillo <laughs> helicopter at the end. <laughs> oh, God. See, here we go. We're turning into a circus act again. This oh. is what happens at the end of the night. It just dawned on me how much crime and murder has taken place in Mike's neck of the woods with making a murderer, uh, Green Bay Packer death threats, Jeffrey Dahmer, the haunted pool at the rave. (laughs) You better be careful, Mike. You better strap on your sheriff outfit and go out there and fight crime, my friend. I'm fine. (laughs) He's going to put on his flak jacket from Fallujah and go kick some ass. He's just going to be busy listening hey, to fucking and Kenosha Fuel last and summer. Seek and destroy Kenosha, oh, everyone. God. <laughs> yeah, Kenosha. Hey, <laughs> hey, Kenosha's safe. We saw what we, we saw what happened. That's true. You know what's sad about that? A lot of them came from Milwaukee to go down there. To do Mike, that. your people. <laughs> Good thing Kyle was there to protect everybody. <laughs> Fire up the hate train. Here we go. Hey, there Kyle's my neighbor now. I know. I actually know what town he's living in. Yeah, and he probably is going to have President Trump over at his house for dinner one of these nights. I All I know is he's in southwest Florida. He's not hanging out with Mike Zedding anymore in South Milwaukee. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? Call up Kyle and tell him that you want a taste of the, of the glorious warm life down in Florida. Palm trees and bikinis. We should... Mike, do you have Kyle's number? Jeff and I want to have him on the show and ask him his song. That I should do not be. Not. Kyle, Kyle's from Illinois. Yeah, what? That's right. He came across the border. <laughs> tomato, tomato. You know, same thing. Not, not, no big deal. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> what an hey, episode. He's your neighbor, just like you're my neighbor. You know. Yeah. Mr. True. Rogers once asked, "Will you be my neighbor?" I, th- I think we're actually more 
nicer to Vikings fans than we are to Bears fans. So yeah. Hey, I'll <laughs> take that. Dub Bears. Probably. Love Mike. <laughs> Love Ditka after all these years. <laughs> Mike, thanks again for coming on Podcast for All. Is there anything else that you would like to discuss, sir? Nicely done, by the way. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. I, I feel kind of guilty getting on late with the podcast game and finding uh, out about you guys. That's all good. But hey, Better I'm late than I... never. And then uh, one more on the covers. There's this guy I follow on YouTube. He's actually on Apple Music. He might be on Spotify, too. Leo, I can't pronounce his last name, Leo Moraccielli or something yep, like I know that. Yep, I know exactly who you're talking about. He does like all those like pop songs and metal versions. He did a collab with another YouTuber. It's called Metal Meets Metal. It's King Nothing in the style of Lamb of God. Of Lamb of God. Yeah, what? In that one. I got to write that down. Lamb of God, King. Yeah, yeah Leo, King Nothing Leo in the style of Lamb of God. Metal Meets Metal. That's yep. what it's called. Okay, Jeffrey Dahmer, King Nothing, got it. Wow, what an episode. Season 7, episode 1 from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Mr. Mike Zetting. Jeff, do you have anything else? No, man, that's a wrap, and we'll see you next week. Mike, thanks again. Good luck in uh, Milwaukee. Keep in touch, man. Definitely, will do. Have a good night. Look out for them freeways. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Stay warm, guys. They're walking by the night, the moon is full and blue The black coats are set up on the rain, their load must get through Now that's a living the trees are donating the core Seven satanic hell creatures heading for a whore Bringing the blood of a newborn child, yeah Got to succeed if not a Satan's
Why are you mad at me for that? I, I'm I, not mad at you, man. I, I just saw nothing to do with that. I mean, I... I'm not mad at you, bro. We got him! <laughs>